1: You'll find us here, iron. Hello,
0: and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. An edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Axon Tire would like to give all their loyal listeners of the Moving Iron Podcast a free Firestone flashlight. So, if you're interested in a new flashlight, go to marketing at axontire.com. Give them your details, and they'll mail you one in the mail. So to get that flashlight, go to marketing at axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs at Valley Transportation. Our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. So this is our monthly sit-down here with Rich Possum, talking about what's going on in the overall economy and the overall world economy. And uh, Rich is nice enough to come on and give his insights. And, you know, Rich, we were talking before we got started here, and there's uh, there's not much to talk about today. I don't know what we're going to cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a crazy year so far, hasn't it, Rich?
1: It really has.
0: Yeah. So Rich pawson has got his own podcast of his own called Critical Point Podcast, and and Rich, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, people ought to go look at my website at criticalpointpod.com. <clears throat> You'll find an explanation about myself, some videos, audios, some free stuff, but there's a link there where I have a, a subscription service where we look at the economy, we look at a few of the commodities like grains, a little bit of weather like in the sense of are we due for some kind of cyclical weather problem, we look at the financial markets, stock market, a little bit of the gold, energy, those kind of things. But the emphasis is really stock market, grains, economy. And uh, use a business cycle approach that gives us a roadmap where we're going for like the next decade, as well as where we're going in the next 30 minutes, believe it or not. So it really helps short-term traders, investors, all the way to long-term investors, uh, as well as help businesses for uh, long-term business planning to get a general idea where we're going throughout the year, that kind of thing.
0: Right, um, it's, it's well worth your while, folks. Give that thing a listen. There's a he has some free stuff. He's got some stuff that's a subscription based stuff, but what's out there is great. And then also follow Rich. Give your uh, Twitter Twitter handle. Yes.
1: Like. Uh, so the Twitter handle is Rich underscored posson P O S S O N.
0: Check that out too. A lot of good charts and stuff he puts out there. A lot of good uh, analysis of what's going on. So uh, Rich posson's uh, a wealth of knowledge. Make sure you guys follow him. So all right, Rich a lot of stuff happening right now we got a lot of things moving in uh the economy in an uncertain direction. there are more articles that I've read about the Chinese lockdowns and the overall Chinese economy and some fear they have there. We've got the inflation issue that we're still up against We've got um, housing starts uh, have come down uh you look at that that data price of lumber's coming down right behind it so there, there's all those things doing, and then the dollar has been performing, performing in, in different, in different directions, and, and what that looks like too. So, Rich, I guess where you want to start at? What there's there's a I just threw a bunch. I threw about five hours of a podcast out there just a minute ago. So, <laughs> so, so, so where do you yeah. want to start at?
1: Let's start with inflation because okay. actually in a few minutes here, uh, the government will publish uh, the PCE. Uh, inflation uh, a number, and I realize and media and the public, they normally watch the CPI, but uh, people at the Federal Reserve actually like the PCE better, and I think I do as well, but they're both similar, and I study both in this business cycle modeling of where the economy is going and commodity prices and uh, stock market. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people are hopeful the PCE in the next few minutes is going to come out quite a bit lower. Uh, I have no idea, I don't want to speculate really on what it will do this time around, but I will say I'm convinced inflation's peaking. I think we see lower numbers later this year on into next year. The problem is I can't get a handle on how fast it will come down. It may be the next year's the better year to really pull inflation down. And keep in mind when we speak of bringing inflation down, most of us are speaking of the, the speed of inflation, the change of it. Uh, I've done some serious research in just the last week here on this PCE and CPI. If you look at them, they've basically just gone up forever. So what that implies is, hey, prices always go up. And and if you talk to the average person on the street, they'll say, well, of course it does. I see it. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it never it never goes down in the store. And I remember. Right. I remember discussions with uh, the president of a major uh, food company. Uh, In fact, he was uh, part of the family that founded it. And he just says, basically what happens is uh, prices shoot up and a lot of the food processors don't really benefit from it. The farmer benefits from it. But then what happens is prices come down as the farmer produces more. But this says, we don't lower our prices as fast going into the store. And he says, that's where we make our money. And if you look at it, uh, years ago, I looked at government data, and that's how it works. It goes up fast, comes down slow, but in the store, it may never come down. Right. (laughs) It's just, okay, so we want to have an understanding of that, that this PCE and CPI stuff is just going to keep moving higher all this day, because that's just what it normally does. But it dips one or two months at a time, and then up for several months, and then one or two months down. And what I've learned is, those little dips, I've discovered a sequence that helps support what I've been saying for many, many years in the economy. That, yes, we have that uh, decade boom period of growing economy. We have then a couple of years of recession, bad times. It's the bust phase of that business cycle. But inside that, we get these smaller business cycles up and down. And late last year, I warned my subscribers, this year was going to be the first setback since the 2020 recession and bottom, and it's just going to be a correction, a setback within this economic boom this decade, even though it may scare the heck out of us thinking, oh man, it's the end of the world, it's going to be even worse than 2020. It's unlikely to be that, but it's going to sound serious. Well, I also forecast the end of of last year, it's probably going to be because we're going to want to fight inflation. And that's exactly what has occurred here. We're seeing uh, PMIs, uh, coming down, and that normally means the GDP should come down. And this week we learned GDP is down 1.5 percent, negative GDP. The economy actually fell backwards for the first quarter. Uh, that does not imply that we got a down year coming. And normally it doesn't work that way. The economy will likely recover later this year and we'll be okay. okay. But it does support this thinking that we're going to fight inflation, but unfortunately hurt our economy while we do it and but i'm looking at the how this sequence is going with all this inflation numbers and it's saying as of march was the earliest to look for a type of long-term people uh peak in the inflation rate so i think it's already peaked but i can be wrong for a few months here but as i look out the next year we'll bring inflation down and uh so to me i'd like to see this report come out this morning showing a nice drop, but even if it's just a little one, I'm fine with it. I think we're in a process of pulling this inflation down. Now, uh, what we're doing here is, as we slow the economy, we should see evidence of things coming down. And what we've had this week is a, a home sales report that by one measurement was off 16%, another measurement, it was down by 26%. I forget which one it was, it was month to month, quarter to quarter, and then they did year to year. So, and I'm in the real estate business too, and we're seeing that listings are starting to increase as people are getting scared, they're missing out of the high prices, but the demand is really still strong. But you can see they wanna try to get the price a little bit lower now, the buyer does. And there's a reason for that, if they need a mortgage, Interest rates have zoomed. I mean, they're, uh, they've doubled compared to they were just a couple of years ago. So, you know, that's making people saying, boy, this is going to cost me more. So therefore, I need try to get my price down. Well, this is going to help pull uh, inflation down uh, over time here. And we're seeing a variety of commodities rolling over, like lumber prices are down quite a bit. I forget the percent down. But about a year ago, I made a forecast, lumber's topped. I even tweeted a chart last night on it. It's worked. It topped uh, about the time I said we might have been a week off or something. It's come down and I'm forecasting lumber prices to keep working lower this year. Um and I do have some downside targets that suggest it could come down quite a bit, yeah, but you got to remember I'm looking at futures. It's going to come down slower in the store, okay? Um, That's
0: good. That's good to hear. But,
1: Rich. <laughs> yeah, and it should it should pull down that uh that inflation, uh, the number here over time. Now, will it come fast enough uh, for the Fed to to maybe back off here? I don't know, but uh, I'll give you my stance. If I, what I would do at this juncture, if I were running the Fed, I'd probably in June raise it a half a point in interest rates, just like what everyone's betting on. But I also would send a warning. I might not do a half in July. And most people are betting it's going to be another half point rise in July. I'll say it's going to be a quarter or a half And then most of the people, especially on Wall Street and banking community, are betting that the Fed will just keep raising rates nonstop right into next year. If I were the Fed, I'd say, you know, I might skip once in a while. And I can also just keep it at quarter points only. I think the Fed should send a message, this is working and we don't have to push this so hard to hurt our economy so bad that we fall into a recession. I don't know if the Fed's going to say anything like that, but that's what I would say. And the reason I I think we're on this track, if you look at the bond market, interest rates have rolled over. We shot interest rates up above 3%, close to my uh, 3.2% target, and yet they backed off now. We're down to like 2.7-something in the 10-year note. For for that big of a drop in interest rates, the bond market is saying that it believes uh, we're winning the war on inflation and we are hurting the economy. But it's also saying, well, let's not overdo it. Let's not drive ourselves into a recession here. And I think what it's saying is let the Federal Reserve keep raising its interest rates, but there's no reason to take the free market interest rates that you and I pay and just keep soaring them the way they've been doing. So I think it's stalling out, they're reevaluating. and I just put up a free video um, on what I think is going to occur for interest rates in the next year, And ideally, interest rates will go higher into the end of the year, maybe start the next year and then back off for a while. They may even back off all the way into 2025 before going higher later in the decade. That makes a lot of sense to me. We don't have the time to explain that, but I think that's how it's going to work. However, even though I just said the highest interest rate ought to be near the end of this year, I'm a little suspicious their rates are just going to move sideways. And I'm even thinking we're in the 2.7%. We may yet see 2.6 to 2.5 in coming months, especially if we can see some evidence we're winning on this war inflation. So I think the bond market has always been said to be smarter than the stock market of figuring out the economy and where various things are going. And I think the bond market is giving us some evidence. It sees we're winning on this uh this inflation. We're seeing some things coming down. Uh, this morning, somebody was tweeting fertilizer prices down 30%. Well, that's probably too late <laughs> to make yeah. an impact here. But I, uh, you can see it, it is coming. And, and the weird thing is, it looks to me like the consumer and businesses were already, just before the Fed raised their rates, I think they're already saying, this is ridiculous. This is too high a price. I got to do something about this if I can. And I think we are already start working on peaking interest or <clears throat> inflation. And now, what, or then when we added the um, the Federal Reserve raising its rate, the free market rose much faster. Right. And so the free market interest rates was doing the dirty work for the Fed, but at least the Fed was backing them, saying, let's get these rates higher. Let's slow down this economy. Now, some people have asked me, well, why in the world do we raise interest rates to kill inflation? And why would we hurt our economy? Unfortunately, it's one of the few tools we have uh, to curb inflation. And that's what Paul Volcker realized by 1980 and why the Federal Reserve hired him, because he was a specialist in this thing. And he basically just said, you've got to raise interest rates faster than inflation. And, uh, and And you do have to hurt your economy. That's the cost of killing inflation. Now, back then, inflation was much more serious. it had been going on for 10 years at 7% average inflation. We've only had one year, or about 12 months, that we've been knocking out as high as 8.5%, 9%, some say 10% inflation. That's not very long at all. What we have is a miniature version of the 1970s, but I agree with the Fed uh, in the sense of not ignoring that. I kind of felt like I'd ignore it. Now I can see, no, that was high enough. What they're thinking is, yeah, but if we don't do anything about this, could it be that we keep that inflation that high for the rest of this decade and it turns into a 1970s? So what the Federal Reserve is saying, we're going to jump on this much more aggressively than they did in the 1970s. They're doing a miniature Paul Volcker moment, slam those interest rates up. But they were hoping to get the free market rate to do their dirty work for them. And it's done it. And I think, I think the consumer, even though I realize we're all trapped as consumers, there's certain things we have to buy and we have to pay that higher price, but I think we're seeing evidence that people are trying to buy different things, move things around, they're trying to shop more. Uh, credit card looks like they're spending more than ever, but if you adjust it for inflation, they're actually not buying as much. And in, the last, in recent days, we've seen retail inventories just soar. Over the last 30 days compared to six months, 12 months, a few years ago. What this means is things are backing up in the stores. This means manufacturers really weren't having a supply chain issue as much as we think or here. They were able to produce, produce a lot and get it to those retailers. It also means retailers weren't selling as fast as they thought. And the good news is that's going to encourage them to lower their prices in the store, put some things on sale. We may even see some fire sales coming on board here in coming months. That'll help bring down inflation by lowering the prices, but it's also going to help move the product so we save our economy. So I don't think we're going into a recession. I realize people out there trying to scare us. We're going into a recession by early next year. Some say sooner. I'm just not seeing any evidence of that. It's not for the time of it in the business cycle. And I respect their work, but I look at it and I can see there's a problem with the predictability. I can see they're not in line with how the business cycle works for a decade. This is not different than what we've seen for prior generations. I can go back 300 years of history in this country and over in England, I can see these business cycles working. It always sounds like it's an end world scenario, but we have pulled up out of that recession well enough, long enough, and there's enough money in the system that this economy will continue to grow this year, and I think next year we'll see the economy is doing much better, and inflation is down, and we would have won the war, or, well, at least have a good start on winning the war as of this year, okay? So hopefully in a few months we'll, we'll also see the pullback in the economy that we've seen the worst. And we'll see it improve uh, next year. And I think the same thing for the stock market. The stock market normally bottoms out ahead of the bottom of the economy. And I think if it doesn't bottom this month, it's going to bottom no later in July. And and uh, for my 2023 forecast is lower inflation, uh, faster paced growth in the economy than what we're seeing right now. And I think we're going to see a very good year in the stock market. For this year, the stock market ought to increase into the end of the year. But I'm I, I'm debating how good it'll climb. I could see us finishing the year down a few percentage points still, but that's better than being down 20% like we are now. Okay. So I see a very nice recovery coming, but I'm not convinced you're going to actually make money this year over last year on the stock market. That's probably going to be next year. And I wouldn't be surprised stock markets up 20 or 30% next year, by the way. So we're, we're going to get through this. So this is a, this is a correction of the economy, a correction of the stock market when you look at the whole decade. When you're looking at just year to year, it looks a little more serious and scary right now. Uh, a little more than a correction, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but again, the model was forecasting it could get this serious. And we've done it before when we go back a hundred and some years in, in our economy and markets, and uh so uh, you know, there you have it. I I like um, you know what we ought to do, we ought to touch base here on uh on the dollar because um I forget the date, but I put out a free video. I told my subscribers, I called a long-term top in the dollar, but warned I could be months early on it that what I was really focusing on is one of the more important sell signals during a year for the dollar index, not necessarily specific uh, currencies. And uh, I think I was about a week early because the dollar spiked higher on me and then it rolled over and now it's lower, much lower than when I made the forecast. And I really like how that has declined. And it's declining in line with interest rates. And I think the dollar considering that other countries now will raise their interest rates by summer. That's going to rebalance global interest rates. It's going to rebalance the dollar so it's actually looking high priced. And the thing is, we need a lower dollar to help our economy. We need a lower dollar to help the stock market. I think we're going to get it. Even if I'm wrong in that long-term top idea and it goes back up on me in a few months, looking out of the next few years, very confident the dollar works lower. Now, I want to warn the commodities people, however, that a lower dollar right now in the next few months is unlikely to help push commodity prices higher because commodities are already high enough. We're on the war of inflation, and that's the more important story and the dollar is just so high that i think it's actually hurting us a little bit on our exports we just haven't seen it yet but i don't think it's going to turn into a major issue all i'm saying is i think it's going to cause people to saying well how high can i pay for these commodities and i used to work for commercial companies and i can tell you they're and i even buy some of them from time to time in various projects and i can i can tell you they're getting worried how high do we really pay let's make sure we don't get stuck with the bin full of a whole lot of grain or the warehouse with the product so that the the mood is is changing there so be very cautious especially if you're a commodity producer that a lower dollar is going to push these prices even higher you just want to pay attention to that market and not so much uh the dollar this time around now next year it might be a different story in a dollar if it's considerably lower that may actually help our exports, but that would fit in with my scenario of a better economy, mm-hmm. and then maybe maybe you could make a case then that that's going to help support the prices of commodities. But I don't see that this year, so be cautious of that. And, um, I so don't think that's. I got,
0: a, I got a question for you on, on the economy side of it. So <clears throat> it is it's a weird scenario that I see happen right now. So the chip, superconductor chips, and those kind of things that they've they've talked about um, having in short supply, and those kind of things. Um, you talk about the flow of of goods coming from China to the U.S. and the rest of the world for that matter. When you start looking at all the shutdowns they're having there and those kind of things, how how is China's economy in any better or, in, I mean, it has to be in a worse place than the average world's economy outside of it. I'm, I'm talking like, you know, Europe, North America, um, when you look at that what kind of concerns do you have about China's economy and in, in a I mean these these lockdowns have got I mean I've read so many articles about people that were concerned with sooner or later these people are going to get tired of doing whatever and they're going to have some kind of an uprising and and then then you start talking about turmoil in in uh, in a country that produces the world's goods I mean now you start seeing that issue start to pop up which would spring up other places that would you know maybe some more manufacturing gets done in the United States those kind of things but I guess Rich what I'm asking you here is looking at China what are your concerns there or are there concerns that you have?
1: Yeah um, well obviously they've been working very aggressively on their lockdown it has hurt the economy just like lockdowns hurt economies around the world but it is surprising how long they've push that and how hard and aggressively and I realize they're trying to protect themselves and protect their population and the Chinese communist leaders have always been nervous about things that can impact the population because they have such a huge population and it's so difficult to control relative to other countries so I kind of get what they're doing but uh, now the world's detecting that the people out on the streets are really getting tired of it. And it can create social issues for themselves, okay, and political issues within their own country that are people saying, you know, we've gone on enough of this. We've we've got to do something about this. We've got to get back to work. We've got to have our freedom run around, things like that. And so they got those issues. Meanwhile, they got the actual damage done by the lockdown of pulling back. And there's now economists out there saying the U.S. economy for the first time in decades may actually outperform China's GDP uh, economy on a long-term basis. I don't think that'll last long, but I think uh, that's a possibility, and it is a big, big change. Uh, for the moment, I don't think that's going to create um, uh, a movement around the world hurting the global economy, but it's going to be present, it's going to be a concern. I think for us, I view it as a limiting factor how well our economy can do now into next year. Uh, even a limiting factor may have a little bit of a headwind even for our own uh, stock market as people will be concerned. What if it really does blow up in China on their economy? Self-destruct, that, that kind of story, you know? Um, and there's also now discussion that their leader of China, is he going to be ousted uh, by, uh, you know, just going too far with all this, that things haven't worked out? And I don't have any insight whether anything extreme will go there or not. Um, I like to use stock markets as an indication of the economy as well. I already, already could see their PMIs, their GDP not doing well. That's an obvious one. And we know why, because they're, they're actually creating it on purpose. So that's different than normal economic complications and problems. And so it's kind of a new thing to, for all of us to, to deal with. But I will say their stock market has already been beaten up enough that uh, that's actually trying to find a little support as though it's a little optimistic uh, for the future. And I think the Asian country stock markets actually look very well here uh, for a bottom. Uh, South Korea's stock market is firming up, and I read this morning that their currency, the won is uh, doing a bit better as well and like for the chips and so forth we want to keep an eye on Taiwan and a few other little nations out there can actually do more business with us on chip side than anything we're doing with China over in Europe and other countries Uh, so I'm not convinced of um, some of this high tech getting hurt all that much from China right now Uh, but it's something we have to watch It, uh, it may escalate as time goes on but I'm not seeing in terms of our own stock market we've pulled it down so much it's almost kind of like we dialed in about all the bad news that you could come up with right. at this time so uh and then our own grain exports you know even if the china economy does so bad china has to buy corn wheat soybeans and definitely soybeans no matter what they're still going to eat no matter what doesn't mean they can't cut their consumption and i think i got on of years ago i did some calculations how much they could pull consumption back and because they're still kind of a developing <clears throat> nation, even though they're huge and their economy is only second largest and this and that, and they're running neck to neck with us and becoming number one, um, really the Chinese have a lot of experience of getting by with little. So um, they, could, they could pull back their consumption quite a bit and not start a revolution or some crazy thing, I suppose. But I'm not picking up indications like that. So I think we'll still see good... Uh, Soybean exports and things like that. I'd be more concerned of the political issues uh, over China versus Taiwan versus U.S. and maybe even versus Japan, South Korea, North Korea, uh, interfering with our trade issues. And it does yeah. look like we're trying to do some things tariff wise to get more business with China. Mm-hmm. Now that's a trade-off because we're also pushing back saying, Hey, if you move into Taiwan, we're going to move into Taiwan. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, there's another <laughs> wild card. Yeah. 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 So there's definitely some things, even though I'm bullish the stock market in the next year and I'm bullish this whole decade, let's face it, there's geopolitical issues that could blow up on us anytime yep. during this decade. And so yep. we always have to manage our risk here. No question about it. I'd, you know, even though I'm bullish for the decade, I'm not blind that uh, something could go wrong and I'll do my best to look out for it. And I think the model's pretty good. It's fascinating to me how the model can show these little periods of time of saying, you know what, crap's going to hit the fan, folks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: and, yeah.
1: and, you know, and, and we might be able to not tell the detailed story how, why, but it gives us a warning. OK, we better protect ourselves a little bit. And it is fascinating how the bad news will show up about that time that the model uh will will suggest that and like I say right the moment the model is saying we're going to survive this uh, this terrible start of this year and there's even people that have done some analysis over in the stock market uh, quant analysts and technical analysts and chartists and this and that they claim they've looked back at uh, uh, for, uh, for this um, up up to this point for this year and they've ranked it against all the way back to the 1930s and there's only like six periods that have been this bad for the start of the year for the economy the US, uh, the u.s in general the stock market and uh they then said okay but where did we finish that year and it's fascinating they come up with the stock market was up from the lowest price of the year up 15 to 19 percent medium average but some years was up 30 percent. And this worked 100% of the time. So I love to see those kind of studies because it backs my model saying, you know what, the year's not going to finish as bad as as what we've seen early part of this year. And that's what my model is saying and why I warned subscribers back in December and even a little bit earlier. I said, if you want to summarize this year, it should be a down, up year for the stock market, but also for the economy. Therefore, bad news, rough times at the start of the year, a little better by the end of the year. And I I think it's shaping up for that way, but there's still a lot of work to be done here uh, to turn things around.
0: All right. So as you look at this as what can we talk about inflation, those kind of things, I want to hit the stock market for just a little bit. You talked about that just for a second. There's a a, a massive amount of volatility right now in, in the stock market. I mean, it's, down 600 points one day up 800 the next down a thousand up 600 i mean it's just not like just little swings in the market but these massively huge just rip your head off style swings i guess so as you look at the stock market right now what's going to tame this volatility that we see happening right now
1: um yeah um here again, I think the volatility declines latter half of this year, or at least after July or something, and but it, and it'll also coincide with things improving. But now into July, my model is saying even if things were at the bottom today, and I think they have actually, but even if they did, we could still have this lingering headwinds over the next 60 days. And I think part of it's going to be, and I'm not convinced the Fed's going to send any signal here that, hey, we've really accomplished a lot, and uh, we should be proud of how all this is working and calm down a bit. Uh, so this day-to-day volatility in the stock market may last all the way uh, through July, at least before we can uh, calm things down. What would calm it down is the fact that we see the setback in the economy and see that we also get a setback in uh, inflation. And while we're talking here, I'm going to see if I can find any news on that inflation report here. Um, it would nice, be nice to see some stability of what's going on with China and US and, and nice to see Russia, Ukraine calm down. That would help. It would be nice to see the interest rates don't explode on us and that crude oil prices don't explode on us. And I do think even though I'm looking for a setback in a few weeks for crude oil, I don't think it's coming down much. I think it wants to move higher um, into um, maybe July, August. And then maybe we'll see crude oil back off in the next year, and that'll help us on the inflation. Uh, actually, that report is out. The PCE come in around 4.9%, uh, percent, and we have been up in the 7.5% area. That's a nice drop, Casey. I like that. I don't know if it's as low as, um, as some of the big banks wanted. But that that's an interesting report. I'm going to try to pull up my quote system here and get a real-time quote to see how the uh, stock so market... Ex- so explain the
0: significance of that. And I'm asking for uh, a friend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we, we have the... Um, what it is is, well, what we've been doing is the inflation rate on this PCE was like, you know, a couple percent to 1%, half a percent in recent years and over the past six, 12 months, it soared to like seven and a half percent. I think CPI was higher at eight and a half. That's what's telling us how much did prices increase for a basket of things that consumers are buying, businesses are producing, how much did it increase Uh, over a year? And until just last month's report, it increased seven and a half percent by this PCE measurement, um, and now what it's saying is, no, actually, over the last twelve months, it increased four point nine percent. So things uh, still things are still getting more expensive, but not as fast, which tells us inside that basket of things that we buy, some things are coming down, okay? Gotcha. And actually, I just looked at the stock stock futures are up here. I don't think they're really going great guns. Let me double check that. Eh, It's up 22 points. I mean, that's pretty good. So the stock market for the moment, at least, and it's fascinating, especially with all this computerized trading, you you can get a good report and they buy it for 30 minutes and they sell it for an hour. So, (laughs) but um, uh, I will call that a decent report Um, later today over the weekend and stuff. I'll do some research comparing to CPI. I almost feel like it's a better pullback uh, than what, um, the CPI suggested. So between those two reports, and uh, as I was saying, the um, PCE is actually watched more by some of the Federal Reserve uh, members and people within the Federal Reserve than the CPI, but the CPI is the most popular in the news. I I feel nice about this report that we're winning the war on inflation. I I think you'll see inflation not pull back every single month. It's going to fluctuate like everything else in life. But I think we've seen the highest inflation rate. But I don't, I want to make people understand when we say a lower inflation rate, unless it's zero or minus, things are still getting more expensive in the store. They're just not, they're just not going up as fast as it once was. Gotcha. So just keep that in mind, put it relative to what you're seeing coming out of your wallet. But at least it is good news that I think this massive rush, and we are seeing, some of the stock pickers i'm not a stock picker so i don't study individual companies sometimes a little bit at it but um we're seeing companies that made a lot of money out of this inflation made a lot of money out of this virus pandemic but they're shifting gears not making as much and what should happen is other companies that didn't do so well as we get back to a normal economy uh, which would occur as we bring this inflation down and still have a growing economy not growing as fast but still growing uh, some of those other companies are suddenly gonna make more money and do yep. better. And I think I think that's the payoff next year, as we're gonna say, we're gonna look back next year saying, No, we paid a price last year, shot ourselves in the foot, so to speak, but we saved ourselves from inflation blowing up on us. Right. And now they're gonna they're then gonna be more optimistic and say we're back to a normal economy and uh, and we got the growth, we got the business, and uh, and are gonna buy the stock market
0: well Rich hey good stuff as usual plenty of information there I could talk to you for hours about various just one of these topics here so if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing about your podcast over at Critical Point what's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, go to the website, criticalpointpod.com. There is a page that will take you directly to the videos, audios. Some of them are free. Most of them are locked up. You can sign up through any one of those videos you click on, and you can listen. You can watch them, whatever. Uh, but there's also a page on that website I just gave you that's just for signing up Uh as well. And when you do sign up, the the credit card won't charge to two weeks after you sign up. So for some reason, you don't like it. And so far, only 2% of the people have uh, done that. We're running 98% of the people uh, stay with us for at least a year. And we're running over 90%. I have some that have been with me for 20 years at this. It's just the podcast. This particular podcast isn't that old, but many of them uh, join me who have been following me for like 20 years. So uh, very confident that we've got some. And there will be a value of you to you. You just have to take the time to watch it for a while. And we've got this whole roadmap of where we're going to make money out of the stock market this decade, to help out with the commodities, and to uh, help out businesses. Of you know, how is this commo- economy? going to fluctuate during uh, the decade. Uh, when's that moment for something to go wrong? But how even though it may be very serious in the news, is it actually going to be that serious an economy? And uh, and we're going through one of those right now mm-hmm. that it's serious by some measurements, but it's not an end of the world scenario. And yep. we're, we didn't look at all this report just come out, it's kind of evidence we're on the right track of that.
0: Yep. So. Absolutely. Okay. Well Rich, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Oh, thank you i look Appreciate forward it. to this every every month so all right i'm casey seymour with moving iron podcast check me out on facebook twitter instagram at moving iron llc go to linkedin at moving iron podcast and go to the moving iron podcast youtube channel and you get all the information there so if you want to see what i look like which i don't know why you'd want to do that but if you want to see what rich looks like you would definitely want to go see that so so check that out rich will be there all the people on the podcast are there it's on the video side of us so check that out If you're interested in coming to the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, go to movingironllc.com. That's where you can find everything Moving Iron related as well as all the information from the Moving Iron Summit. Click the upper right corner where it says Moving Iron Summit tab up there and you can can get all the information you need. Rich is going to be there giving a speech about what's going on. He's looking forward to that. So uh, with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Rich Posson. Let's go with some iron folks